fun episode of the Sport Project. We are joined by Chris, Sasha and Carlo. Uh, we've got a huge action-packed session tonight, boys. Really looking forward to getting around it, as we Sasha likes to say. <laughs> Actually, Sasha, you should probably just say it now. Go. Yeah, get around it. Come on. <laughs> get around it. Um, but, boys, we've got a lot to get through. We've got the golf. We've got the AFL. There's a lot happening in racing with now almost two states looking like they're going to be shutting down. They're going to be heading overseas to the EPL, find out what's happening with the Washington Redskins and, of course, our beloved Rugby League and uh, plenty more happening as well, too, in the boxing world. So let's get right into it. Let's start off with Chris. There's a fair bit happening in the golf at the moment and uh, one of your favourites in Colin Morikawa. He came from behind in the on the weekend and looked like he had a pretty decent game, mate. Look, he was absolutely phenomenal. He was he was three shots off the leader going into the final round, and he tied that up pretty quickly. And it ended up going to a playoff. Now, what you got to remember about Colin Morikawa is he's 23 years old. He's only been a professional for 12 months. He's, he's only been on the pro circuit for a year, and he's it's honestly phenomenal. That, and I think it's it's kind of um, obvious to a lot of players, and a lot of commentators are even commenting on it, saying, at the age of 23, you just have a lot less fear. You play the kind of golf that got you to where you are right now anyway. And he seems to do that. He plays this beautiful fade on every iron shot. And he just looks like he's got absolutely no fear whatsoever. And it, and it wasn't like it was a weak field. You had Jason Day playing, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, who he actually he, he pipped in a, in a playoff. But if you do get a chance, have a look at Phil, Mickens, Phil Mickelson. He had these uh, mirrored Ray-Ban aviator glasses on and he looked like Cartman when he was he a police officer. <laughs> it was, it made, it's, it, it's so funny. You want to see the head on him. You're like, Phil, take him off. And someone must have worded him up because halfway through the, the round, he, he took him off and, and they weren't missing. But I mean, but Morikawa, the, the leader, the champion, sorry, he, um, he was great from day one. He shot seven under on the first day. Day two, he went to 13 under. You know, day three, he kind of lulled out a little bit. And Justin Thomas really jumped in front. He went to 21 under at one point in the final round. And, and you thought that that was it. Justin Thomas is a, is a very good closer. He was hitting some incredible tee shots. His iron play was brilliant. Um, and, and he just kind of lost that little bit of nerve. But, you know, there was some, there's some incredible golf played all around. Ian Poulter finished 12th. Jason Day was 11 under. Um, he finished his tied 11th as well. So it, it was a great day of golf, it really was. But the, the fact that it got to this playoff, the two of them ended up at 19 under, Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa, two young guns, absolute guns of the sport. And the first playoff hole, Justin Thomas is left with a 54-foot pot to make birder, you know, to keep him in it. And he drills this 54-foot 54 foot, 54 foot pot. He just absolutely drills it right in the middle of the cup. And Morikawa steps up, 23 years old. He's 26 foot away from the pin. And he drills that to tie the first playoff hole. And then the second playoff hole as well. And, and then, then the third playoff hole, he just took it. And he was honestly, it was brilliant. It wasn't, it wasn't great conditions all the day. Day two got interrupted with a, a heavy rain. And it's Muirfield Village. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful golf course. So they, uh, yeah, it was honestly, it was one of the best. If you, if you get to watch the highlights, watch the highlights. It's well worth it. Even if you're not a huge golf fan, get involved because it's brilliant. Absolutely well, brilliant. He's the first player in, or second player, sorry, in 30 years to, because I think two weeks beforehand he missed out. Like he, he scratched out, I think it was. And yep. him and Tiger Woods are the only two players in 30 years to come back from not making the team or the course or whatever it was um, and in to play this. So from a 23-year-old's perspective to mentally come back from that, Mm. that's, I mean, that's another tick to him really. He does. He he looks like he's stone cold. He, he He plays golf with a smile on his face and he doesn't, get up himself any mistake that he makes or he doesn't pat himself on the back you know he's, he's, he's really vocal because there's no crowd there there's still lots of microphones around so he's really vocal with himself while he's playing and, uh, and he really indicates what he's feeling and he shows everything but he never really gets down himself and he never gets up himself either there is he's a real talent to watch and, and of all the rounds that he's played this year he's only missed the cut twice last time was one of them and, yeah. and, he, and he comes back to win this but the beautiful thing is Going into the next tournament, which is the Memorial, which is next week, well, this coming week, it's at the same golf course. It's at Millfield Village again. Because the Workday Charity, that's, that's a new tournament on the PGA Tour. That replaced the John Deere, which got cancelled due to COVID. So they've stepped up. They've done an incredible job. They've, they've taken it on. They said, nah, we'll do that. $6.2 million purse. Let's have it here. And, and Morikawa said the same thing. He said, it's going to be really weird 
playing at the same course the next week because that's not something you do on the PGA Tour. You normally don't even play in the same state. You know, you disappear somewhere else. So he said, that's going to be really unusual. Um, so I'm really excited to, to see them in this coming week because Justin Thomas has the time to really redeem himself and come back and go again. But then, of course, with that comes the introduction of um, a couple more big dogs. Tiger Woods is back for the first He's time in five back. months. We haven't yeah. seen him in a long time. Five months. He never really anticipated it being that long, but obviously with COVID and everything else that's happened. This, Isn't this is, is his course? Really? Isn't this course that they're about to play on his course? Yeah, and Jason Day's course. Right, okay. Jason Day. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Moorfield. Yeah. So, so Jason Day played then, and he, he kind of he, he hit some good shots. You know, he was he was kind of average in and around the green, and he was he just didn't really click. And Rory McIlroy has been the same way. He's still world number one, but he just hasn't clicked back into his game since coming back. Do you know, he, he, he tied thirty two at Colonial, tied forty one at Heritage, tied eleventh at Travelers, but he still holds number one spot. But don't worry about that. John Ram, the big Spaniard, and Tiger Woods, and Jordan Spieth, and they're all going to be chasing him down now. So this is really what they want. Um, that Rory took this week off, off the back of all those poor displays. He's taken this week off to work on his game and get his head right. So we're looking forward to seeing some big things from Rory and Tiger and, and Spieth. And of course, Colin Morikawa, who can, who can bet against him? He's won on this course this week. Must to say he can't do it next. Well, we bring up the fact that, you know, playing on the same course doesn't really help a golfer. But, I mean, we look at Carlo's form in his entire life and it's never hurt, helped him once, so... No. Oh, well, the, the only difference no is going to be... <laughs> the only difference with this golf course comment. that it's going to be is that the pin positions will be different and the greens are going to be upgraded from 11 to a 13, 14. So that's, that's, that's just... That's the only difference. Failing that, that's exactly... Of? You said it's upgraded to a 13, 14. What's that out of? 20. Sorry, for those listening at home that don't speak English, that was 20, was that right? It's out of 20? It comes after 19 and before 21. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help the listeners understand that there, guys. That's all I'm doing. That's they thinking, dude. I knew exactly what that meant <laughs> and that number. <laughs> That's normally how much you owe me on the golf course, isn't it? Mm. Oh, when the roosters yeah, get beat by the storm, I'm still bringing it up. I'm still bringing it up. How's lockdown going, Smithy, by the way? I think uh, Melbourne, you're obviously it's where you're located. We've got Sasha up on the Gold Coast and Carlo in Wollongong. Free as a bird. <laughs> Free as a bird up here, mate. Hope you go to stage four. Eat a massive bag of dicks. That's all I can say. Mm. <laughs> right, up the chuck as well. Nah, Chuck's got plucked, mate. Uh, uh, I saw it's going good, look. I, um, I managed to do all my notes, and I can't even understand my own writing or any of that. So <laughs> it's allowing me to do that. It's allowing me to stay at home. Played golf yesterday. Finished on top of the leaderboard, 38 points off five. Playing again tomorrow before we get locked down for stage four tomorrow night. Well, that's what I was going to say. That was, is this going to be your last game? Like, is that, this is your last hurrah for a while until the army uh, shuts you down? I feel like it could be a last um, everything, to be honest with you, Renee. Look, there's, there's rumours going around, and um, they've, there's been that many people throwing these rumours at me that it, I'm, I'm struggling to not believe it anymore. Do you know, if one <laughs> or two people say... It's going to happen, then you kind of go, yeah, 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 of course, you, yeah, it's kind of the same bullshit. But it's been about 10, 11 people, reputable sources of people that work within the government, and they're all saying that as of tomorrow, we're going to go into stage four lockdown, which means you can only exercise at certain times of the day. It's like being in prison, basically. The army oh. are there to enforce curfews. Everybody has to be in their house at a certain time of the night. Um, wow. Only supermarkets and chemists will stay open. Um, and Sasha's got the biggest grin on his stupid head you've ever seen. Look at him. It makes me, like, you don't understand how happy this makes me, hey. Like, Queensland, we kept all you bastards out. And next minute, look at us free. I just had a burger. There was heaps of people down the road. I've just been walking. I've been cuddling everyone. I don't even know who they are. I was walking up, cuddling. It's Rona free up here, mate. Get around us. We're killing it. I just can't. Yeah, I just couldn't happen to a better bloke. That's all I can say. Mate, I'd love to get around you, but I can't even get out my own house as of tomorrow night. <laughs> Well, well, how funny is this? It was only it wasn't too long ago. You and I, Sash, was living in New South Wales, and when we said, "Oh, look, I've kind of got to relocate," I wanted to come and get the gyms opening and and be closer to my son and various other things. And and I disappeared south. He went north, and again, what do you know? You've got to win one, haven't you? You've got you've got to win one of the battles. The roosters were terrible. You have to win one. Right, so it's probably the first time one. you've gone south in a while, mate. So <laughs> uh, just what I say though. You've been talking the, to the missus. <laughs> like you yeah. just you just explained it then all I was thinking of the movie Outbreak <laughs> you know they just come around in the big suits like stay in your homes I don't know I don't know if anyone's been in Bali around the um, sacred town of Nepi 
Uh, if, I don't know if you've been there, but I have. And what they do is when they believe all the evil spirits kind of pass over Indonesia, so everybody has to stay inside for 24 hours. No electricity, no lights, or no music, no candles, no nothing. You have to black. You have to black your full windows out with bin bags or covers or whatever you can, because and there's only the police walk in the street. And if you are in, even in your own house, like we hired a villa and we didn't know how to turn the the entrance light off. And we got banged on the door by the police, and they was dead set wanting to smash us with truncheons. So it's going to feel exactly like that. 100%. I might have someone from MI5 come and just shoot me in the leg for no reason. Oh, no. Well, you've prepared now, so at least you're ready for it. I'm never ready for this, Renee. I don't like being <laughs> in my, I've, I've, I've got a beautiful house with a beautiful family, but I hate being in the house. Yeah, well, look, I'll tell you someone who wasn't ready uh, was the Crusaders over in the rugby union. They weren't ready for a pitch invasion, and Crusader star Braden Enner had one of the most sensational games, uh, but his biggest play came in the 55th minute, Sash. Yeah, look, it was a good win by the Crusaders. There's a come-behind win in the last 20 minutes, win 26-15 over the Blues, but... Yeah, 55 minutes in, old mate. Um, there's been a couple of streakers recently, actually, but old mate uh, thought he'd try his hand at uh, taking the lid off and running on the pitch. And, um, look, Braden didn't want a piece of it. He did set come up and smoke this bloke 55 minutes in. And, um, mate, it was a massive hit, hey? Like, I remember we were talking early on in the piece about, what, what was her name? Um, Ezzy, who, who was the um, the rugby league player. Oh, uh, that we had on the show, Kezia. Yeah. Kezia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sort of brought back memories of what she would have done to me if <laughs> you would you into a deck a chair off between the two of us. It was Which just like, a monster hit, and then the security guards come over, like feeling, um, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit rubbish because they couldn't get him themselves. And um, Braden's just standing there going, "Boys, there he is. Come get him." Didn't we try and make that happen? Didn't we try and make it happen that you would just run straight down the pipe adder and you shit yourself like a Roosters player? It was, <laughs> I'm just a smart dude like that. I'm just a, I know when my health is um, probably the most important, and at that stage in my life, and you know, I didn't want any um, any injuries uh, to oh, myself. So if we didn't want to hurt her. At that stage in your life, so you're saying it's different now? So if we yeah. can get this thing happening again, like Renee could organise it. Absolutely. Now, you're, now your chest is stuck out because you can walk around a Gold Coast doing whatever you like. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can it's just hard. It's just hard because the, the whole corona thing, I just don't think it'll happen. So I better not organise it. Just leave it like that, hey? I'm happy up here with all my friends going to bars and shit. Like, I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm not coming down south. Yeah. I, 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 I would happily pay her um, breaking, you know, the social distancing rules <laughs> just yeah. to drop the shoulder on you. I, What's I'd it, like that. a two grand here? Yeah, there's no need for that. Um, yeah, just leave that, leave that one alone. I'm <laughs> happy to the north end. Sorry, Kezi Apsa, I do love you. Love watching you play, get around you. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> well, let, let's keep rolling with the uh, rugby union as well too because for the first time, um, I, I think maybe in the history, rugby union went into overtime. What do they call it? Super time. Because, of course, it's super rugby. Super duper time. Super duper. Such a union. Yeah. Uh, generally when you chip in. Yeah, Reds and Rebels, 18 all. Um, look, to be honest, I didn't watch the game. Um, I just <laughs> looked at it on uh, news.com.au um, later this afternoon and was surprised to see a draw at the end of the day. Like, 18 all after extra super, super time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was the result at the end of the day. Everyone walks around with a point and uh, everyone wins. It's like, you know, the schools these days, you don't come first. You're not last. Everyone's a winner. Okay, guys? Everyone's a winner. You lose by 100 points, you're still a winner. That's how we roll in this society. So, uh, look, at the end of the day, it was 18 all. Um, everyone got a point. Everyone's happy. Get around them. And, um, yeah, the Warriors beat the Force 23-14 on Saturday as well. Great stuff. That was brilliant. Did Thank you so much, Sam. Did you watch mm. that game? No. <laughs> Did I even get the score right? Did I even get the score right? Sounded perfect, mate. Sounded yeah. perfect. Yeah, didn't, that's great. Didn't Sam Burgess play in that? He did. No, he did. He actually come back. Um, he was coaching the Rabbitohs, and then they got a late call-up to the Waratahs, played on the wing, and scored three pies. Oh, get it, man. Mate, Sammy Burgess, another man playing some good golf. I got 38 points off five the other day. He got 39 points off eight at his, his reputable club. So Is he really? Quite, What's quite he off? Quite for. He's off eight. Wow. Mm, eight handicap of 39 points. That's big scoring. How does he, because um, his Rocky Boulder was no good. How does his Rocky Boulder go to swing in the club? I was just bullshit. He didn't want to play anymore. He wanted to play more golf and just do a bit of a <laughs> bit of everything else. That was just a blag. Remember we we seen him? He couldn't even lift, lift his arm up. Yeah, that's funny. Right. I'll have to do that. <laughs> do what? I'll have to do this. Not to lift your arm up. 
No, I've never seen <gasps> anyone do that in golf. Have you, have you seen Carlo him. play? I thought you'd said you'd played with him. Oh, no, I see him do that. <laughs> just throws his ball. Yeah, yeah. just the throwing action. It doesn't even shout four if it's gone way left and it's about it. Someone, he just laughs first <laughs> and takes pictures of it. No, I mean, it's just Why wouldn't not, you? no etiquette. Sure. So, guys, this is the amazing banter that you get here on The Sport Project. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Sport Project Podcast. It's our new account. There's blue writing on it, so make sure you're following the right one. Of course, if you do want to listen to us across any of the sport, the uh, podcast platforms, all you have to do is head to thesportproject.net and you can get linked on to all of us, whether it's Apple or Spotify. <laughs> like, share, subscribe, do all of the above, and Sasha will be sure to bribe with you with all the money he's making at, as the amazing builder on the Gold Coast. Um, and basically that's kind of it for plugs, but let's head to the AFL where... Um, Corona has kind of hit another state in terms of New South Wales um, because we gave the Melbourne guys a little bit of warning. We said, hey, 28 hours until we lock down your state. So 100,000 people left your state, came to New South Wales, poisoned us with your shit flu. And now we're looking at not even being able to have AFL, which is a real shame, not having AFL in New South Wales, but our Victorian friends like it. I feel like you're blaming me for this. I haven't left. I I'm feel like it's in. your fault, Chris, because you should have run some defence. Yeah, well, you're not True. wrong, actually. Mind you, the, <laughs> mind you, the premier, the premier, premier of New South Wales, he's, he's claiming everything. John Barillaro, he, he, he wants to take the Bloody's Low Cup to Sydney. He wants to take the AFL Grand Final to Sydney. He even wants to take the Melbourne Cup and run it at Royal Runwick. I'd say, oh, whatever, well. he must have corona. Or a, or a high intake of cannabis. I'm telling you what, because it's so wrong. If you think, if you think you're taking a Melbourne Cup from Flemington, it survived two world wars. If you think you're taking that to Royal Runwick, then there's something going wrong in your noggin, mate. There's not. Well, right. some big no decisions to make, right? They need to make these decisions now, or I think it's before August is the cutoff line. Because yeah. the biggest problem is if they keep Melbourne Cup, they need to get the horses over. I think there's still some looking at coming over from England, and the first batch who haven't technically qualified for Melbourne Cup need to be over on August, and then mm. the ones that have qualified come in September. But the problem is they come without any stewards. They, they have no trainers, and uh, all the Australian trainers just get to go, you'll do, and we'll take you. Mm. <laughs> you'll do. Well, yeah, well, that's what it's going to be like. You know, it's, it's going to be a conversation of uh, initially the quarantine stables have said, look, if any horse is coming over here for the Melbourne Cup, it's coming over on a one-way ticket. It's not going back. I'm only housing. Horses are going to stay in Australia. And then, of course, I don't know if we've seen today that Qantas have cut all flights until March next year. All international wow. flights, they've cut the ball until March next year. So, you know, it's you, you, only going to be a select few carriers that can even get the horses over here. Can I say, oh. so they've stopped flights for humans, but horses can still fly? Yeah, well, they don't shit on the seats and that, do they? Do you know what I mean? They don't, no. they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't abuse the air stewardesses either. Do you know what I mean? They'll probably, if you, want, if you tell a horse wear your mask, he's going to wear his mask. You know what I mean? He's got no opposable thumbs to take it off. No, but he still looks pretty un, like, unhappy with himself. Otherwise, why has he got such a long face? Dun, dun, dun. I'm here all night. Try the veal. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I'd, I love the sip of the wine after that. You celebrated that. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's like rolling a pot, knowing it's going in and walking after it before it goes in. That's like a like yes. <laughs> Just satisfaction. <laughs> Just let the laughter come in, boys. Yeah, come like, on, hit me. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Thank you, thank you. And I dropped the microphone literally as I said that as well too. I was like smooth as silk. Nope. I'll do a Gartner and just get real awkward and drop the mic. Epic. Um, but obviously a fair bit. So what does it mean for Victoria? I mean, they're talking about bringing it to New South Wales, but what does it then become? Like the Sydney Cup and that kind of ruins... No, I, I, I don't think his conversation... Look, and I don't necessarily think he's very serious about making this quote anyway. He's a, he's a bit of a headline grabber. He's, he's done it many times before, so nothing that he says really shocks the world anymore, especially the sporting world. He's very New South Wales passionate. He's the assistant deputy premier, so I should hope he was. But no, he, he just talks a lot of these games as well. The, the only problem with... The Flemington uh, carnival going on at this moment is that Flemington is one of the big hotspots for COVID-19. Yeah. That's where what are some of the um, public houses, the housing towers are, which have been a complete another breeding ground. So that's one of the main areas which they're really trying to close down and really trying to clean up and get a, a good thing for it and get it just get, get it moving in the right direction. But it's just hammered at the moment. So that's the only problem about holding the uh, racing carnival at Flemington. But, but you, you can't have it anywhere else. Yeah, there's no other. You can't have it at Caulfield. There's just too much rivalry there. 
that's it's the only racetrack that you go the opposite way too. Yeah. Yep. Part of my ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. All so the horse get, the all the horse get confused. It's not the only one. They, 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 they run in opposite directions um, all over the show. But it's right. very different to Sydney. Sydney and Rose Hill and Randwick. Yeah. They are clockwise. They're clockwise Melbourne is yeah. anti-clockwise. Yeah. 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 So can, can it be still just as big? With I mean, we've been watching the races happen majority of this year with Corona, with no fans and fanfare. It's literally been some trainers on track, hardly any owners. Can mm. Melbourne, can, can the Melbourne Cup happen without that? Can we do that? Um, it, it, look, it can happen. Like we said before, it's, it's survived two world wars, yeah. uh, it, and they've still run it. It survived every single pandemic that's been thrown at it. But this one's um, got it really shockingly close to being um, either altered, cancelled altogether, or relocated. Or it, it's going to be very different. We had Royal Ascot earlier in the year for the first time in a 62-year reign. The Queen never made the trip and, and rolled down the straight in a Rolls Royce. The first time ever, 62-year reign. And the Queen has sent horses over to the Melbourne Cup before. I don't think that's going to happen. Are we going to have crowds? I would think it's very highly unlikely at this point. Do you know where the way Victoria is right now? Um, can the race still go ahead? I think it has to. I think if it, if it dies this year, I find it really hard to bring it back. They've promised that the prize money is going to be the same as it was last year and every other year. Yeah. It's going to continue. They've got, they've got the full purse. How do you so, get that without getting the, like, I guess, the people through the gates? Because a, a lot of prize money would come from that, or, the, or the, I guess the sport would be profiting off that gate money. But yeah, the, 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 the track no. would profit, but the sponsors still stay clear as well. A lot of the betting yeah. agencies will be the main sponsors, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, and, and all the sponsors really stick behind it, so they still want to get it because it's still going to be advertised, it's still going to be televised, so they'll still get a lot yeah. of um, publications <laughs> that way. And, it, and I think it's going to be um, publicised even more than normal because of the circumstances that it's under so uh, I think the sponsors will get the returns without actually because realistically I can never understand how a sponsor could have for instance a, um, a marquee in the birdcage put on free piss for absolutely everyone for four days spend a massive amount of money <coughs> in rent I don't quite understand how they get a return revenue on that. Because Sasha goes and takes everyone down there. Well, last time mm-hmm. he was there he drank his body weight split his pants and left. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was yep. like a good night. Yep, I'm also sponsoring Maya for new pants. <laughs> Every time. You should have gone from Maya in the first place, and then they wouldn't have split. <laughs> there you go, Maya, keep me on next year. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still modelling? Yes, um, Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, re- I reckon I have a fair chance of doing some COVID masks soon. No, wow, well, there you go. Yeah. I could mod- That's probably I could model one them. area you haven't actually done, so... Balaclavas would be good, too. <laughs> Balaclavas, Wellingtons and gloves. Yeah. Well, well, I've got not with them feet. Got a headlock and half Judy Emberg. Have a go at it. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Can we have a really? conversation about your airline? Mate, I usually removed every mirror in my place, hey, so I'm looking fantastic. Carlo's <laughs> still looking for his. I'm looking for yeah. a long time, Renee. It's not going to come anytime <laughs> soon, I can guarantee yeah, but look, I mean, uh, Flemington's going to be very different for all of us. Carlo's been hanging off the back of my coattails for God knows how long, and, <laughs> and me and Sasha have had many a night out there, and Nay, I know you've been down there, so it's going to be a very different time for just about everyone. But the racing world is, is a little bit crazy at the minute. Um, I, I don't know if you watched any of the racing last week, but there was a wonderful horse called Jungle Edge. It won the, the Group 3 Sir John Monash Stakes, and it um, kind of ruined my multi to be perfectly honest because I didn't back in was oh, this it another won. one of your hot tips no it wasn't a hot tip that's why it won right um, okay. but, but yeah but it's, it's come back it's tested positive now for a substance called Metcam now Metcam is an anti-inflammatory that they give to horses it isn't banned in horse racing so you can give it to the horses however you're not allowed to give it to them on race day and that's where it's been found but this dates back this was the 2nd of May a group 3 in Mackay Stakes and um it's, it's tested positive and it's come back from that now. So the owner is under a lot of speculation, a lot of scrutiny about what's, what's actually happened. But it turns out he never travelled with the horse on that day. It came up in a float and it was stabled overnight and then it ran and he never saw the horse at all. So now he's under a bit of um, discrimination about who has um, given the horse this Metcam. So he had his trough why. spiked. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been dipped. It's like <laughs> being in the middle of Thailand and not going, what's going on? And waking up with a tattoo on your face and shit, you know? I think they made a film about it. I don't know. It's like that, but in horse years terms. Yeah. <laughs> why don't they make a movie about that? It'd be a good one. Ah, no, yeah. So I there you go. So, have. yeah. So there you go. Jungle Edge. Should have backed it because it's clearly on drugs. 
Yeah. Um, Sash, you normally got all the bad, the well, the mad tips for all the uh, the racing. Any horses that uh, you rode through a desert on a horse with no name this week, or <clears throat> um, not this week? Hey, look, I'm gonna much to the dismay of all the listeners out there. I don't have any hot tips. Um, <laughs> I did have a punt at the um, North Burley Surf Club on Sunday because I can go places, which is amazing. Um, so Who would want to go there? A, had a punt there, had a schnitzel, a couple of beers, Schnitty. and. Um, Lost about 300 on the horses because I literally just bet on names, hey. That's on all the I horses. bet on. Yeah. There was a couple of roughies there. What are the chances... I know, actually, that's a real bad question, but I was about to ask, what are the chances of 101 horse to come in? But, about 100 to 1. <laughs> but, like, honestly, how often would they come in, Chris? Like, would there, would there be horses out there that are 101 to 1 that are just coming in every now and then? Sure. No, it's not unusual. It's not unusual. You get, you get a fair few. And, and it, I, su- I suppose a lot of it all depends the kind of work that they're doing off the track and a lot of them relocate to new trainers and, you know, they've, they've had a bad time with other trainers and sometimes they can just hit the lucky, sometimes the horse feels like running, other times they're way over the odds, you know, but it, it's not unusual and it always, it always depends a lot about what kind of season you're running in. Right now we're in the winter season of racing down in Melbourne. So all you good horses, with no disrespect to everyone, are put away now until spring. Yeah, they'll okay. start bringing them back into work for the Spring Carnival. So you get a lot of first starters that are happening right now. They can come to the races with no trial form. You haven't seen them on the track before. You've got no idea. You look at the breeding, you think, yeah, about 100 to 1 shot. Next minute, wins by 11 lengths, and you're left with your head in your hand and going, what the... Sarah says to me all the time, they says, what, what price is that one there? I said, 150 to 1. She went, I've $10 on that one. I've I never won like for me, but they the do win. I feel like the ball on the tee with that, though. Was Sash putting the ball on the tee by asking what the chances are of a horse coming in 101 or? Oh, quite no. No, he's gone quiet I don't think now. he knows. Well, look, it was a stupid question, but my question was basically how often do they come in, those sort of horses? Because like, I literally put them on every word by the bad horses, but in country races, I'm thinking there's got to be one out there, right, where the guy's a little bit dodgy down the rail, rubbery dub, they're having a couple of pig's ears with the boys, <laughs> and they go, right, I'm going to run this horse Four races, rubbish. I'm going to feed it like heaps of KFC beforehand, give him a couple of beers the night before so he's no good, he's slow, he's lethargic, and then they give him a salad, they feed him sparkling mineral water the night before. I don't know what you feed horses, hey. I'm literally going off what you'd feed a human. Pretty um, sure you just answered it by saying hey. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he, he just romps it in first. So he's run rubbish for four, and then all of a sudden they go, right, oh, let's time to spruce him up. We'll have heaps of money on him. One degree of separation and ends up being their stepson or something like that. They're that dumb. And then they run in and they end up, you know, buying a new Malu ute to tow, tow their jet ski on to go down the local lake, which is dry anyway because it's, it's a drought. Well, it's, it, it can happen like that. And there can be, I'm sure there's a very, very few circumstances that happens like that. But it's not really uncommon. Do you remember mm. 2015, what won the Melbourne Cup? McCoy no, you did. don't. Yep. Prince of Penzance, Michelle mm-hmm. Payne riding, the first female jockey to ever win the Melbourne Cup. It was paying 100 to 1. Wow. It was $101. Was Prince it really? Penzance, it sure was. Yeah. Wow, okay. Won the Melbourne Cup. So, yeah, it's, it's not unusual, even in big to races. To be like loved by everyone. I was going to say, that's what Tom Jones said. See, I teed it up for you then, and you took it on. Carlo, you were slow off the blocks. I'm really No, I wanted to do it last time you said it, but I just thought, I'm not going to talk over you. I'll sing over you, though. That's, yeah, that's allowed. Yeah, he but, was, I mean, um, look, I mean <laughs> moving, moving forward, moving forward, racing's going to be good. It's been great. WA is going all right. Um, but in, in, in closing for the racing segment for this week, Mr. John, Deputy Prime Minister of New South Wales, you've absolutely no fucking chance of taking the Melbourne Cup from Flemington to Royal Runwick. I love Royal Runwick. I love Sydney racing. But it just doesn't belong there, and it's not going to happen there. Well, you might as well bring it to Queensland down. because we can actually do stuff up here, Chris. New <laughs> South Wales is going to be in lockdown as well because of the way they're going, because of all the Victorians that go straight into New South Wales. When old Alice, Anastasia, Palazagook, Zagook, whatever her name is, it's a real weird last name, like well, mine. Um, and uh, look, at the end of the day, Chris, we can have crowds there, mate. We've got no runner up here. Get the horses up here. Let's just, let's just get around it up here. Well, while you can do lots of things, can you get yourself to a chemist because I can keep seeing you itching something down there and it's not quite right. <laughs> That's one good thing mean? about not being allowed out of the you? house. Look, I'm seeing you like this. <laughs> Mate, like I'm a... not itching. I'm having a lamb shake. <laughs> <laughs>
Like a dog on his favourite pillow, you're disgusting, but get up. excite this show a little bit. Let's get around it. Come on. Well, let's keep it in Queensland then, Sash, because uh, one thing that they are doing up there is they're going to be having a very decent boxing bout, which is happening on August 26, when Tim Zhu and Jeff Horn are going to be battling it out, and they did that at the press conference this week. Uh, or only, I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and... Uh, so Tim Zhu's going in as the favourite. Jeff Horn said the only reason he got this fight is because he has a very famous dad. And as the underdog, uh, Horn reckons he's Ooh. putting money on himself if he could. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm quite good. Sash, what do you think about this? Because I'm, I'm, I can't understand how Tim Zhu's favourite, no disrespect to him, he's an incredible record, but he's never yeah. fought anyone with the likes of Jeff Horn who beat Manny Pacquiao. It, it, I mean... His first fight against Michael Zarafa was it was clearly out of condition. He he wasn't himself. But second one, he came back and he and you know and he fought like an absolute lion. I just don't know if Tim Zhu's. Well, I know he's not been any, in with anyone like Jeff Horn. So I'm I'm really unsure of the bookies' way of thinking here. What do you reckon, mate? I don't know. Look, I really like Tim Zhu. I think he fights extremely well, like his old man. Um, but Jeff Horn, I don't know if he's passed his best, to be honest. Hey? Like he, yeah, he beat Manny Pacquiao. I feel like he's resting on that a lot. Um, I feel like his trash talk, too, is not really trash talk. I feel like he's too much of a gentleman sort of to talk trash. And um, He's a he school teacher. Trying. He can't. Otherwise, the kids at school are going to be like, well, do what you say and not what you do. Or Yeah, exactly. He's trying to hype the fight. And he goes, oh, you're only lucky because you got a famous last name, but... He's like, oh, don't, you know, don't come at me too hard. Um, <laughs> you're right, you're right. What he said? <laughs> I said, I said, I'm like, his dad who's an absolute legend of the yeah. sport. Like, even that insult was a compliment, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I, I re- after that um, fight <coughs> where he fought um, the main event for your fight, Renee, who was he fighting that night? Um, oh, God, I've completely gone back on that. didn't he? No, that that was uh, not Brew Baker. Wasn't Brew Baker? Was it? Why have I gone no, blank no, on this? He, he didn't fight Jack. Yeah, Brubaker, it was Jack Brew Baker. Yeah, it was yeah. Brew Baker. But um, he, um, he fought really well. Then he was. He looked really well. He looked fit. He, he looked a lot like his old man. To be honest, he's young. Um, he's undefeated. I think. Um, I think he is the favourite. You do. Mm. All right. So we, can we have a wager on that? I'll take Horn. You take Zoo. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Sash. Hey, I'm with Sash on on Zoo. Sash. I'm. I, I think uh, Horn might be a little bit. Although he, I mean, he talked up his experience in the press conference and that he'd. Um, which one comment that he made, which I thought was a little bit, uh, I guess, out of touch, was that he's been used to these stadium exposures because it is getting held at the stadium in Townsville, um, and that was something that Tim wasn't privy to he hadn't fought on these big name cards on these big fights and this being mm. Australia's best domestic fight of the year and probably only domestic fight of the year it's possibly going to be empty so you know what he's trying to say is what his experience is going to be in winning this fight they're going to be on an even playing field I don't look I don't think with, with the fact that I think there's um, a very good reason why they're holding it in Townsville You've seen Brisbane and Gold Coast are allowing people back into the stadium to watch the NRL. They're allowing them back in to watch the AFL. And by the time this comes around, is it 26th of August? Yep. Yeah, so, and then yeah. by so then got, all the people so would have we, left we, Melbourne and they would have made their way to Gold Coast well, and poisoned But they keep there, trying. They just get fined a fucking heap and sent home. So there's no point in doing that. I look, I just think within five weeks' time, with the, with the successful rate that the Queensland government are having with COVID-19, I don't think it's going to be empty at all. So I think there's, I think there's a little bit of fuel in what he said. Okay. And, and I think... I think I, I think I'm not saying Tim Zhu isn't a, a world class fighter. He definitely is, but I just think Jeff Horn's going to bring something to the table that nobody's ever brought to him. No, I mean he's, he's, he's an aggressive fighter, but Jeff Horn will throw more punches at him than anybody else ever has. Brubaker gets through a fair amount at him, and, and as I said, he defends yeah. with his head. So he, yeah. you know, concrete jaw and all yeah. of the rest. You know, no, no disrespect to Brubaker either, but I don't think he's in the league of Jeff Horn. No, in fact, yeah, in fact I, know, I know he's not. So it, it's okay showing a lot of punches, but. Jeff Horn, given his size, he, he throws them with some power too. I, th- I think he's like um, he's, a lot of people underestimate the kind of power that he's got. So yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think it could really worry him. Um, it, it'll be a good test, if nothing else. Yeah, I was just about to say say the same. I think Zoo he's stepping up in a couple of a couple of fields in class here. Technically, he's a, he's a great fighter, uh, Tim Zoo. And you know, you watch him against Brubaker, he was just clinical. You know, the way he took him apart. But I think um, he's now stepping up in in in, in class. And it could, you know, it could come unstuck, but it could be an absolute master masterstroke as well. Just want to say, I'm honey, 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 I'm honey. No, Stevie. <laughs> no, no. Couldn't, couldn't resist that. Hey. Brilliant, brilliant.
I mean, well, I, mean I mean, all I mean, all that aside, um, I, I, look, I'm not going to be going, so I'm not going to be allowed out. But is anyone, <laughs> is anyone, is anyone keen to go up and watch that? I'm so keen to go. Yeah. I could easily go. Hey, <laughs> I'm free. You know, I, I might even go deliberately to. not go. You know, just to say I had the option to go, but yeah. just decided not to because I've got so many decisions up here to do what I want to do. It's great. <laughs> Hmm. You, you mean you're a tight ass and don't want to buy a ticket? Was that your indication that someone give you a free ticket and t- just so they make you go? No, no, no. I've, no, uh, I've got happen. a job up at Townsville, so I can easily go and um, have a Captain Cook afterwards. So it doesn't bother me. Hey, I just got choices. Choices galore. It's great. <laughs> I like staying home anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is though that Sarah, your missus, doesn't like you staying home. <laughs> Oh, she does. I help out with her kids. She loves it. It's when I go, she doesn't like it. She misses me. I'm kind of legend. I'm real touch. <laughs> You're actually really, just, uh, you're actually really good with the kids. Mm. Really good with the kids, actually. You're it's painful. Oh, she is. He's not the, the nut is. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, we got them tests back yet? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what about the uh, the banter that happened between you guys on Sunday? I was supremely hungover, and all I kept getting were these notifications with you guys watching the UFC. What did you make of Sunday's clashes? Take us away, Carlo. What do you think? Well. Jesus, I think uh, Volonovsky uh, from round here in Warilla, the Warilla Gorilla. Um, I think he was very lucky to, to get away with a win, in, in all fairness. I think um, Max Holloway came out punching. He was a different fighter than he was in the first fight. And he won. I think he, I thought he won the first three rounds. Uh, and therefore, you know, Volonovsky had it all uphill. He had to knock him out. And um, the judges seen it different. And I'm telling you, he really got, he, he got, he got away with it. I don't know how, but he did. So you just mentioned, Carlo, the Warilla Gorilla. Is that his nickname? <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> rugby league club round here that he used to play for. You know what's funny? I was at the gym the other day, and it's the first time I've ever been called this, and I actually thought it was hilarious. I didn't think it was racist at all, but I was working out, and I do have quite the hairy body, right? Let's just put it out there. This guy come up to me, he goes, keep going, Vanilla Gorilla. <laughs> That is a very accurate and true statement of me. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, was, 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 you tra- was you training with no shirt on in a gym? <laughs> no, no. I just, Sasha, that was, was you? It was the hair coming out the front here, out the sides. It was everywhere. He's anyway, trying no, sorry, Carlo. Was just uh, no, that's perfect. I'm what do you think of it, Chris? Did, did, what did you think of the fight? I'm with you, mate. I don't think Volonovsky won. I, I wanted to see him. His work rate was incredible. Mm. He, he never took a back step. But, but I think that Max Holloway, his only downfall was the fact he was... Slightly too blasé. You know, I, I, I think he knew he kicked off to a pretty early lead, but instead of turning the screw and really trying to finish him off, he didn't. He was, he was a lot more concerned about talking to him through the fight or indicating to him that you haven't heard me or whatever else. But I think if he carried on being as clinical as he was, he, he walked into the fight extremely confident. He was really loose. He was letting his hands go. He, yeah. was, he was very, very confident in throwing them and kicking. And, and he took, took Volonovsky down quite easy. Um, so I, I'm really surprised that his corner wasn't telling him to just turn the screw and try and finish him because mm. I, I think that possibly he could have. But Volonovsky fought with the heart of a lion like he always does and he was never, ever going to give up for one single second. Mm. But, but I think he was kind of outclassed and, and, and quite convincingly outclassed on that night. Yeah, well, the third round is where it was all up. Remember the first round, he's kicked him, uh, kicked Volonovsky and, he, and he's hit the canvas. Mm. Uh, didn't take advantage of that. One one thing that I did notice, and I'm, for some reason, I'm thinking he carried an injury on his right hand, and, and I say that because uh, a couple of times Volonovsky cracking jab and set him up, just ready to lead with the right, and he just didn't go go through with it. He did it about three or four times, and beyond me, why, you know, what, what happened there? But I think he was carrying. It looked like he was carrying an injury. He's definitely said he had a foot injury from the last fight mm. that is carried into this one. Well, I, I just found Volonovsky got caught out a couple of times, throwing that big right hand, just trying to get... Because um, although he's the shorter man, he had the longer reach advantage. So he, yeah. when he threw that, it was kind of open and, and Holloway was kind of predicting what was coming. And he was slipping to the side and then catching him with the left hook and then he slipped to the right and caught him with the right uppercut. So whether Volonovsky was trying to throw that in order to just feint it and then come back with something yeah. else and never quite got in close enough, I don't know, but... But he, he, he did throw them. He did throw them earlier on in the fight. He threw a couple of big right hands and kind of got caught out because they just wasn't hitting the mark quick enough. Yeah. And Holloway's reaction time was just was just way too good. Yeah, but, anyway. I, but I think that was um, I, I think it was a it was a decent fight to watch. Yeah, it was definitely. Pretty decent fight. It was much but, better than the main event over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't oh. feel that at all. Piss poor. 
Fair play to fair play to Jorge. Uh, how do you say his name? Lorenzo. Jorge. ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、ま、
enormous success rate. He had the knack of being able to win games after full time. In injury time. So depending on, depending on, if you've got five minutes of injury times added on to the 90, 95 minutes United would score, without a doubt, and win the game. But this time, Southampton, 96 minutes, they scored the equaliser. The game finishes 2-2. Carlo and I are Manchester United fans, so we're not finding this highly funny. It's like him being a Roosters fan last yeah. week. No, I mean, a week before. It's just it's exactly like that. It's just no fun for some people, like me. So I was upset about that, Carlos. Didn't like it. Yeah, well, the reason the reason why it went on for so long, obviously a standard game for those who don't know, goes to 90 minutes. But there was a horrific uh, collision with Brandon Williams. Um, at that point, because it was so late in the game, he only he's only just come on and he had a, a sh- shocking head collision and he had to go off. But the fact of the matter is they, they used all the makes subs, it, so it was down to it even for the last three minutes and, and it was in and off a corner. Very... Uh, just a flick on, and, and someone just got a foot to it. Very someone, yeah. I think someone, I think someone tapped him on the ankle, and he went down and grabbed his head, didn't he? Yeah, it was. No, yeah, it was great English. He's playing for United now. <clears throat> <clears throat> and then he just gets up with that sweat. Yeah, you've got yeah. a gift. <laughs> and that's, that's it for the EPL. That's great. it for the EPL. Well done, well done. Well, uh, Sash, I want to go to John you Sweet. here because you've been covering it um, a fair bit. But then the NFL, there's been a little bit of chat um, over, I guess, where the Black Lives Matters uh, probably promoted it more so than anything um, in terms of what's now becoming considered racism, um, trying to get rid of a, a fair bit of stuff that would be considered slanderish to any race. Yep. And the, for the first time in 87 years, we're, we're looking at a name change um, within the NFL. What, what does that mean for the sport? Yeah, so um, 83 years, three NFL championships. Um, Daniel Snyder currently owns the Washington Redskins. Seven years ago, he said that changing the name will never happen. But as you see around the globe, um, you know, we've been changing names like the Redskins um, for Allen's Lollies, um, Gollywogs, which were the, the biscuits we used to have, which they changed to Scallywags, and much to my dismay, they don't even make them anymore. I love those uh, biscuits. But, um, yeah, I think Daniel Snyder... Shit. That was so what you, terrible. What do you mean? What are you talking they about? I had the hair, the, I used you to eat the hair off them. And then biscuits. after that, I'd Dolly eat the head the and then I'd go jams. down the body. In the UK. Just, it was great. We used to, used to collect, We're talking used about to collect little um, Gollywog yes. stickers off the back of jam jars. It used to be Gollywog jam. Yeah, it was the back of the jam. You collect what? all these tokens and then you would get actually sent a, a little doll, a little Gollywog doll. And 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 the same thing. No, oh. you couldn't even eat it. And the, the the same thing happened in the UK. So they had them. Then they classed them as racist. No, and they got rid of them. And then probably biscuits. I'd say ten years ago, maybe they said, "Oh, it's not racist at all," and brought them back. And now they've now they're gone again. Yeah. But anyway, continue with the Redskins. Right. <laughs> well, well, maybe we should just bring the biscuits back in a neutral color, so I can still eat those fucking things because they were delicious. <laughs> Um, righto. So anyway, 83 years, three NFL titles, Daniel Snyder, current owner, seven years ago, no way I'm changing the name. He actually, his interpretation of mm. the Washington Redskins was that it was an actual tribute to the Native Americans um, and the Chiefs. I don't know, I didn't read any further than that, but that was, his, um, that was his analogy on it. But he is going to change it. So they've officially retired the name. They haven't come up with a name. However, he did put the name the Warriors aside. Um, as a replacement choice for when they had the Arena Football League. So the Arena Football League is like a second-rate NFL um, team. And fun fact, I had a trial with uh, one of the Arena Football League teams but failed to show up because I had a massive... Hey, I've got, I've got a quick one. Um, <laughs> that's actually a true long. story. Dailymail.com, that's going to be straight If you were to rename the Washington tomorrow, Redskins yeah. to anything, what would it be? I don't know more What would you call them? Look, I think for me, right, I'd love it to stay around that sort of theme, right? So I would say the Washington Chiefs would, would be a good one. Like, you, you're honoured to the Native Americans, the, the chief is the head of the tribe, the, um, and that type of thing. I think that would be a good one. Or even the Washington Reds, hey, just the Washington yeah. Reds. Well, like the, the, the issue with this team, it stems further back than just the title of Redskins. Do you know that they used to be the only, or they were the last NFL team to actually allow employment of black players? So the, the original owner of the Redskins was um, huge on segregation and didn't believe that black people belonged in the league. So they were the actual last ones to do it. Now, they used to 
be placed in Washington, but they were Boston Braves at the very beginning. Then they became the Washington Redskins, but now they only they play in Maryland, so they don't even play in Washington. So they'll either they'll either keep the Washington title, come back to Washington, and then obviously have an addition of the name. But Sash, they've actually got to name them before um, they have their first round, which is against yours and I team in the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in September. So. You know, clock's ticking and against uh, the greatest NFL team of all. Did, did oh, they... you see, I see that. You're taking on my fighting style then. That was my fighting style. Bird see? gang. It's catchy, Bird. isn't it? It is. Little shoulders yeah. up. I didn't look like a salmon. I had a little shoulder shimmy. Mate, you didn't look good. <laughs> yes, Carlos. Talk to me, Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I just wanted to ask a question. Did they actually play Washington State or Washington, D.C.? Uh, I thought it was Washington, D.C. Because Washington State's just above L.A. Yeah, that's what I mean. I always used to get confused yeah. with that. The Why Eastern can't Conference. they be called Washington Rednecks? Yeah, kind of. That'd be derogatory as well. Towards um, people from South Carolina and stuff, wouldn't it? They should <laughs> just stay away from all that. There's so many different names. Washington they Reds. Call them. I like the Washington Reds. Washington Reds. I, I love their helmet. I love that picture on their helmet. They've, uh, I loved it. You, you, know, you have to change it now, yeah. I know. It's iconic. Well, if, you had the, if you had the Chiefs, you could potentially use it. Like, I, I'm not too. Yeah. Um, sure of the sensitivity over there, but um, wasn't there a, wasn't there a no, conversation they, they want to change the name of the White House too? Do they really? They, uh, but it's uh, actually just the colour white, and it's a house. For yeah, the relevant, president. relevant doesn't matter. Grey house, what? grey house. It, it, it does make grey house. Surf no, mist, hey, colour bomb, surf what, mist house. I tell you that, what, that that'll all, that'll all change if fucking Kanye gets in, won't it? Hey, imagine that. <laughs> it won't be him, it'll be KKK out the front because it's Kim Kardashian and Kanye. So yeah, 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 yeah. And and she's his um she's his advisory board, isn't she? The, oh the my <laughs> god. But can that. you no? Can you imagine? Can we just spend one second on this? Can you imagine the elegance that it goes from the first lady? So the first lady, Michelle Obama, held herself incredibly well. Then that mm-hmm. goes on to Donald Trump's wife, Mrs. Trump, who, as you know, is, 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 yeah, Ivana Trump, Ivana <laughs> yeah, Ivana Trump. We'll do it then. Um, and then and then it goes to her, who's Paul's topless in Playboy, and then you kind of go, yeah, yeah, that's quite good. And then you go to Kim <laughs> Kardashian, who starred in a little homemade porno. So can you imagine the demise? of being the first lady in the White House have made oh my god that's Michelle Obama she's so elegant and classy and oh fuck that's Kim Kardashian she's in next <laughs> you go oh, yeah, can you imagine it's not sport but I find it highly intelligent no but it's a good comeback story though isn't it isn't it just hey she, she did get I want her back ba-bum bum I'm here all night try the veal didn't get it I like it <laughs> anyway let's move on from that because Renee's always going to take it left tangent um, <laughs> let's wrap things up with um, where basically Carlo just goes off on a tangent forever, but it is the NRL. And uh, one big mover and shaker this week has been the uh, move on, I guess you would call it, of Dean Pay. The club in Canterbury mm. said that they no longer wanted him for 2021. He said, no, I'm taking my bat and ball and I'm going home now. Really feel for him. I think it was a poison chalice to start with, I think, three years ago. And I think it's not got any better. I think the... the uh, kind of boardroom murmurs that are coming out of there I think it is not good um, and I think he has just been a bit of a scapegoat now if anyone knows Dean Pay, he's a bit of a legend in the game and he's been really committed to his coaching ability or his coaching career and I think it, you know he he just needed a bit of time a bit like Brad Arthur you know when he first got in there at Parramatta it took time and time and time it, it has took a number of years I think Dean Pay needed to have confidence in his board uh, to a, to be able to to build that legacy, and I just don't think he's been given time. So it's a bit of a shame for him. But the, the question is, and I'll throw it to you: Who's going to replace him? Trent Barrett's the talk. Yeah, I mean, who'd want to replace him? Well, we've yeah. had this conversation before about coaching in the NRL. It's just not a place you'd want to be. No. Well, Des Hasler just left it in disarray, right? All these back-ended contracts. Whoever it is who's still going to be coming in for this year in 2021, you, nothing's changing in your playing group. Well, that's what he has to deal with. Didn't it? That's the big question of why. This is why I don't understand why I get rid of Dean Pay. He had to deal with a lot with Des leaving and these back-ended contracts. And it's only He's been there three years, so a lot of them contracts would have just been... Uh, petering out uh, so it, uh, listen it, it's beyond me why they're getting co- getting rid of coaches in the, in the middle of the season when it is such a Covid season let it play out do it at the end of the year but the fact of the matter is it's just stupid about doing it 
doing it now. It's not like promotion and relegation. It's not going to change anything, is it, really? So, Smithy, um, it's a coach? bit crazy. Pardon? Smithy, would you ever coach? Would I? Yeah. Nah. No, no? I, I think when I left the game, I was probably too much. I was asked to, I was asked to stay on at Oldham and, and at Swinton, where I kind of finished my career. But I, I was too much of a frustrated player, and um, I, I think I had too long out of the game now to ever want to get into that kind of stress. And I don't know. I, I, I look at managers when they go. Uh, Premier League is a fine example, and NRL is another good example. It's just like they age thirty years within the space of six months, and and, and you know there's. In Premier League, because there's so much at stake, even more so than the NRL, I look at it and I go, yeah, you wouldn't want it for quids. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you see so many people and I kind of personally fell a little bit out of love with rugby league in, in terms of being involved in it. Do you know, when they, when they all talk about um, you got to show some loyalty to your club when you turn around and you get injured yourself and there's no loyalty to you. So I kind of, mm. I, I kind of lost a lot of love for it then and I've seen the way Carlo got treated one or two times at various coaching positions, and I, I, I just, I, I would never, I would never put myself through that. Carlo, plus nobody, you... plus nobody'd want me anyway, so that's a, that's another reason. <laughs> oh, we mm. all want you, babe. But it's just you can't actually leave your state, so we can't have you. <laughs> <laughs> but Carlo, I mean, you, you've you've coached Italy. What, would you ever look mm. at something or throwing your hand up to do something like this? Yeah, I, I miss it every day, to be honest, Renee. And I think um, the, the the biggest the biggest disappointment that I probably had is that I didn't get a manager post World Cup. I think the World Cup was real good for me. I think it it, it kind of catapulted me into a direction, uh, beating England, beating Wales, first ever World Cup. You know, I didn't I didn't really get into the um, I didn't really get into the the, the aura of, of oh I was better than anyone else. I knew that I still had a lot of learning to do, but I just needed a manager just to get into an under twenties. And I didn't, I thought to myself, hey, someone will give me an opportunity and no one ever did. And like Chris says, you know, you're a long, a short time out of rugby league is a long time in getting back to it. So would I do it if the opportunity came up? I'd definitely consider it because uh, I love it that much, but I probably wouldn't do a head coach's role. I'd probably do um, not an assistant, but I'd probably do a manager, manager's role. And I think I would be suited for that because I've got the experience as a coach. So I'm offer, I cannot offer independent advice as well, and it can be warranted and, and justified. So, um, yeah, I do miss it, and I've been speaking to um, I've been speaking to some people where I can get back involved at a regional level or just doing some sort of rep stuff. So maybe maybe I will in the next couple of years. It's not a fucking That's job a- interview, mate. This is the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> that's the Fuck. question. So I answered it. I could see him taking oh. it. That smug grin just rolls over his yeah, no. was covering his He's going to help himself. I wanted anyway. to throw it to him, but I went, he's smoking, he's just going to come in. So <laughs> anyway, Luke, Luke Thompson made his debut as well for the Bulldogs, which I thought was very interesting. Anyone catch his game? He's the pommy lad who's come over from St. Helens. Anyone no, watch no, it? But no, take us no. through it, babe. You obviously No, did. no, no. Very solid performance. Very solid performance. I thought he played very, very well, held his own. The, the only downside of it was he, um, he got... I think he'll be doing some jury duty because I think he just he collared someone on the chin. Uh, so, so I don't know if he'll be he'll, he'll be starting. He probably plays early. He'll get um, he'll get an early play and won't miss a game. But <laughs> the, clock's cl- the clock's ticking oh, was, on, uh, his, uh, on his courts. I was gonna, was I was going to watch it, but the racing was on about that time, so I missed that one, and then I caught the yeah, last one. Um, I was going to say there was a few collarings that sort of happened on the on the weekend as well too, and uh, different little. <laughs> I guess uh, suspensions. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was uh, the uh, rabbits and the tigers. Um, uh, if you didn't see, it, I'll just paint a picture for you. Uh, a kick got uh, got passed through. Um, fullback knocked it up. Rabbits player went to pick it up. Uh, at that point, Josh Reynolds was running through, went to kick it, completely missed it, and connected with his head. Um, and then he turned around. So obviously. From his point of view, it was an accident. He's turned around to see if the player was all right. And uh, Latrell Mitchell just gave him a coat anger and took him out. So um, this was very similar to the BJ Lalula. I can never Lalua. say his name. Lalua, that's it. BJ Lalua, the week before, um, where he just coughs someone right in the face for no apparent reason. So very similar, but BJ got four weeks. Latrell got two weeks. And Reynolds has just got two weeks as well. I mean, did, did Reynolds even get time to turn around? I just felt like Latrell Mitchell was there within a split second. 
and and just well, and just and, and just just caught him with a good one. But I told you he was in trouble later on in the game, wasn't he? You know, he, he he got stepped back inside and and caught someone else high. And, yeah, and who was yeah. the first one in there to give him shit about it? Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. <laughs> you should have seen it because like, I was sitting right where it happened at the game. It was my first game working back um, with South, and it, Grubby was just giving it to them, like because obviously there wasn't. If you watched it, it, it was accidental. It looked yeah. accidental. It didn't look yeah. like Grubby tried to hit, uh, kick him in the head at all. Um, and he was more caught off guard and he was just giving it to him, just going, you're kidding, like, pull your head in and, and just absolutely grieving. So for him to be able to turn around and get Latrell back later on, it was just, he was so stoked. <laughs> I actually thought it was, he did actually turn around to go, oh, what have I done? And yeah. Latrell just go. And to be honest, fair play, heat at the moment, I haven't got a problem with it. I think, mm. you know, you've hit me, mate, you're going to get it. And the but story... Wasn't wasn't play already stopped previously for a knock on before Reynolds went through and and, and went to kick the ball? I, I, um, had, hadn't the referee already stopped the game? Oh, blew no, the whistle no, he to stop the game. He couldn't. He couldn't at that point because as it's gone on, no one no one from the rabbits has touched it, and Reynolds had a chance to kick it. So mm. it was one of them. As soon as the rabbits player picked it up, then that's when he called it. But it was you, you wouldn't have called it beforehand. Mm. Because okay. there was there was a slight potential advantage there for uh, for Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll we'll ignore and completely go past the Manly St George game. Um, but uh, <laughs> were there any other games? Well, the Roosters. Let's look at the Roosters. Forty two sixteen. We've scored eight hundred fifty two points in four games. <laughs> Far out. Just honest to God. Just That's give it. us the premiership. <clears throat> Again, worry about playing finals. You well, can't even beat the Storm second team. Oh, you know, mate, yeah, it's our second team. You guys are deflating balls, right? <laughs> we already know you guys are a bunch of cheats and you want to claim a one-point victory over a second-grade team, mate. You're a bunch of... I'm not going to say it on the podcast, right? You're a bunch of Melbourne Stormer Knights that are in isolation and can't do fuck all, so... <laughs> Mate, if you win by one or a hundred and one, it doesn't really matter, does it? That's true. No, and you get a point. And actual, the difference was two, dickhead. Did you watch that game either? I actually you didn't did watch no. that game. Yeah, <laughs> I turned it off when things went south. When it got beat. Hey, but the good part about that, who needs Brett Morris uh, and step up Matt uh, Ikevalu, who scores yeah. five tries. How's the first that? Rooster. Five tries, first rooster to do it since 1995. Uh, well, the best part about it is he's probably gonna, he's probably going to get dropped next week for when Brett Morris comes back. Can you, for can people who that? didn't get to watch the game, though, Carlo, can you give us a quick little summary as to how he got the call up and where he was when yeah. he got the call up? Because that's kind of, the, I guess, the the beautiful part of it. Well, well, literally, he was it was the warm up. Um, so Brett Morris was doing his warm up, uh, and he's 18th man, but he was he was back in the change rooms getting changed, as I, as I recall, and. He was literally putting his clothes back on, and the uh, yeah, Brett Morris went down in the uh, change room and said, "Nah, I think I'm done." Anyway, he gets changed, and um, yeah, he's, the rest is history. Scores five tries. Five tries is no mean feat in the NRL. What are, what are the chances? What are the chances of having your 18th man who's a winger? Do you know what I mean? And your winger yeah. actually going off. It's, it's not like yeah. you've got one on the bench that you can just bring on as a substitute. Your 18th man is actually yeah. a specified winger. Can not anyone yeah. play winger though? A glorified touch judge. They're people who hang around. Is that what you played, Smithy? No, I wasn't that quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was dead quick. He's playing left, right out. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, Smithy. How did, how I, did heard you him I heard him before. I heard him before I seen him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to, to quickly wrap up the NRL, um, give me one thing that you're looking forward to this round because we can't sit too much longer on it because we are wrapping well, up here. Well, on I'm just going to give you the, the best game of the round for me is the Roosters versus the Raiders, which is the mm-hmm. NRL Grand Final replay. So yep. um, a lot of people are talking about it being a cracker, but uh, I must admit, a uh, bit of uh, bit of news coming in is that the Raiders. Well, they wanted to fly down, uh, but they've not that back. Uh, so therefore, they've got to do a journey from Canberra on the same day. Uh, so a three-hour journey, um, and then play play the game. Now, that'd be right. Well, that have an effect. It's fine. It's a definite excuse. Your hip flexors would be well off you after three hours in a bus. It's yeah, it's not good for the legs, Sweet. is it? You want to stretch around. Sweet. But, um, Sweet. 
Anyway, that's, I, I imagine that's the they'll game. drive they'll drive up earlier on there and then be able to run that out and then just have yeah, a little chill and a bite. Ah, right, I'm lucky. It's not. It's three hours. up. fucking come on. Remember the we used to do it, mate. We used to do it. Hey, we're talking about silver spoon fed athletes these days, guys. Like they're they're there. They're getting their massages done. They're they've. They've had a night at the Coogee Bay Hotel. You know, this is throwing the spanner completely in the works for them. Coogee Bay yeah. Hotel, hound. Didn't Nate Mole shit in the corridor up at the Coogee Bay Hotel? <laughs> yeah, you remember he did. that? He did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he was playing <laughs> for the chooks. He he went there, he put shit in the corridor. Had a stomach ache, and that was the issue. He got locked out of his room. Did you and say, I say that? The because he basically my first. Gun. Oh, he watched this. Watch my it. first year of being the PR at the Titans, I had himself and Greg oh, no. come and join us. I was like, no, 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 let's get <clears> to the bottom of it. And no pun intended. He was sick. He got locked out of his room, <laughs> and the end. All right. That's the so worst story ever. Just <laughs> what? Can... Just what? Uh, uh, just tell you. Obviously, everyone who probably does know what Josh Hodgson has done his ACL in the last game, which is a bit of a sad story because he was he's been playing so well. Had a cracking game against uh, the Storm and Cam Smith, uh, his counterpart on the on the day, and uh, yeah. He, He's got he's got a real hard road in front of him. Uh, the game itself was a bit of a uh, an anticlimax with a knock on the phone, but uh, yeah, Josh Hodgson really feeling for him at the moment. Yeah, I mean Cameron Smith came out and posted on his social media saying he feels so sorry for him and posted a picture of Josh and sends him his best wishes. I mean that's just the kind of class that Melbourne Storm kind of adapt so deep. Jake Friend would never have done that. Just saying. <laughs> Um, he but wouldn't have to because he's too busy scoring meat pies, mate, and winning premierships. Mate, he got himself knocked out cold. He doesn't know what day it is. You know, he doesn't know where his Instagram is right now. Right. Um, but once the, the Raiders beat um, uh, beat the Rooters, I'm looking forward to watching the Rabbits in the Nights. Yeah, fourth and fifth. Fun. I think that could be that could be a decent game. Why? I think that could be. Why? Another, what's your main reason as to what it, why you want to see that game? because uh, they're fifth and sixth. Okay. And they're quite quite close in betting. I think it might be a nice tight game. Mitchell Pearce, I, I love him. Mitchell Pearce is going well. Caelan Ponga, see how he's pulled up after the weekend. And you know Adam Reynolds is, is, is coming back to playing some really good football. They're, they're coming off a decent forward pack and um, you know there's a couple of Rabbits players playing for contracts at the end of this season so they want to, um, might want to really uh, knuckle down and get it done. And I think they're coming, they're coming on all right. And it's, it's quite close in odds betting as well. $1.80 for the Rabbits, $2 for the Knights. So I just um, I thought that might be quite interesting. All right, well, Smithy, um, as we wrap up, you are the man who tells us what to watch, and I feel <clears> like you, you've got another show to give us before we wrap. Yeah, look, uh, I've not got shares in Netflix. I wish I did, because in quarantine, everybody's everybody's watching it. But um, th- there's a documentary called Fight World. Now, if you like your combat sports and you're fighting, uh, there's a guy called Frank Grillo. He's an actor from the US. He was in the likes of Warrior, and uh, he's lead actor in The Purge. What he does... He goes over to Mexico. Where, that's where he genuinely believes the best boxers, the best uh, boxers have ever come out of um, Mexico. Um, and he has a he has a conversation with um, Cesar Chavez. He has, a, he, has, he has a really good conversation with him, and he gets in the ring and he sees how the Mexicans train and the Mexicans box. But what he does each each episode, he'll go to a different part of the world and really adapt their local um, their local school of fighting. So after that, he'll go to Thailand and he'll do the Thai boxing. He ends up in Senegal where they'll go wrestling. But it's a really insightful look into every different nation's um, perception of what fighting really is or, or, or what it is really true to their, their local areas. And it's, uh, no, it, it's a wonderful documentary. It's a wonderful, uh, I think it's about six series. So awesome. well worth a watch. Yeah, yeah unreal. Well, uh, gents, I, I thank you a lot. It's, we've covered a huge amount on the show today from the NFL name changes to the golf, to the rugby league, to the rugby union. We barely touched on AFL, but that's fine because it's leaving Victoria. Smithy, uh, all the best with, <laughs> Thanks, man. with the army Thanks. in your stage four, mate. We're, we're really going to miss you. I'm not. Have a shit time. <laughs> oh, bro. Uh, big big time thank you so much Sasha up on the Gold Coast we appreciate you Carlo as Praise always full full of knowledge <laughs> oh, uh, don't good, forget to follow good. us on at the Sport Project podcast on Instagram uh, like subscribe share all of the major podcast platforms that's where you'll find us and of course on Epicenter TV as well too thank you so much and of course we'll see you next Tuesday, Tuesday. thanks guys bye for now